0: Alright, here we are with the special edition of the Warrior Poet Podcast, straight out of the jungle, here with my longtime good friend Bodhi Miller. We're about thirty minutes from embarking on a journey with Maestro Orlando Chuhandama um, to experience my uh fifth time drinking, uh second major trip, however, but for uh for Bodhi. This is your your first experience going down to the jungle, although you're a bit of a journeyman yourself. I'd I am.
1: I've sort of been on the, on the search for quite some time for the right the right uh, you know mindset or even people or substances that allow me to to sort of figure stuff out and, and sort through um, my objectives, my goals, you know, my my desires, all my stuff. So you know, I, I really have been on that quest for for quite a while, and I'm pretty excited to you know, especially after seeing the the transformation that you sort of made. Uh, Coming out of the time where you came down here, and and uh, I mean, I'm I'm really excited to give it a try and and see um, you know see what I can get through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was in a similar position uh, that you were this time last year. You know, I'd had my own vision quests. A few of them a little more guided uh, than yourself, which is just you know somewhere out in the desert in the middle of nowhere. I had a little bit more, uh, a little bit more tutelage as as I was going, but but very similar, very kind of free flowing and uh, not with any particular masters. I would say more just you know guides and friendly teachers and things like that. And then of course experiencing on my own but this is a this is a different program you know this is that unbroken lineage with the medicine and a jungle and a plant yeah, that yeah. these you people can, know really see, well
1: you can really see the guys kind of you know they, they have a, a certain amount of of um you know openness to what everyone brings to the table but they also come equipped with knowledge and experience and, and like you said it's not just theirs it's come from thousands of years of of practice and training so they know you know it's that's one of the things that blows me away about things that you know that come from human um... experience that are that old you know whether it's uh... you know the the, some of the zodiac signs or some of the some of the stuff that comes out of the far east or or stuff like this down here it's just uh... you know it's such a different different thing when you know most people we know and see and interact with are dealing with just their life experiences if they were lucky enough they had a father or grandfather or grandmother Mm -hmm. or mother who who pass some stuff down or shared stuff but really you know in our culture right now that's a really a lost art of of really passing down information so that each person isn't just left on their own to fend for themselves and acquire yeah. what information they can and you know, it's it, with these guys you really get a sense of, of that that responsibility and the knowledge and the, the privilege that they see it as. They see it as a, a privilege of sharing all that heritage and the information with, with people who who can benefit from it. And you know, it's it's a really it's pretty pretty interesting, pretty intense.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean it's we're lucky in, in our day and age if our you know grandparents pass a little bit of honor, you know, pass a few lessons about morality maybe, but as far as knowledge you know, we're in such a culture where knowledge is so information-based at this point. You know, there's very few traditions that that you learn yeah, from they your elders. you to go
1: to school and get your knowledge, and that's just so far yeah. from, from <laughs> yeah. so far from my belief system of how knowledge should and, and can be acquired. You know, at least as far as efficiently and, and enjoyably. I mean, you know, it's so nice and fun to to hear, um, you know, anecdotal stories, but but especially really specific. Um, you know, information that sometimes comes from five or six hundred years before it just never, just never happens that way. Where there's a, a direct line, you know, where it's not just hearsay. It's not somebody else read it out of a book. It's it's it, as if it was personal experiences, and you know, this this kind of situation is is one of the ways that you can transmit that kind of personal experience really well. And it's been a desire of mine, you know, my whole life to be able to to communicate more clearly and more articulately, and and to pass on the things that I want to express. Um, with with some efficiency and and, uh-huh. and uh, you know it's it's I think this is one of the one of the tools that could potentially really make a, a huge I- impact on that.
0: Yeah, well, I've seen it firsthand. You know, I mean, the impact that this one experience made on me. Um, obviously, for those of you who have been listening to me and following me, obviously the aboga experience was another great one, but this was the main this was the main one that really set me on a different path, both personally, spiritually, uh, in business in all aspects of my life. It was something completely out of the ordinary of what you can expect. you know I think some of the other things that you do, like you know mushrooms are great, they can be kind of a reset and kind of a little balance, but just the depth that uh, that this medicine in particular brings is something pretty unique and then you know even though I'm a something of a veteran going into this not not so much compared to when you, when you talk about some of the people who live down here and really work with the medicine but you know having done it a while still you know it's butterflies in the stomach 30 minutes to onset you know it's getting ready for a an experience where you don't know exactly where it's going to take you and you don't know what to expect but um I feel myself nonetheless you know craving it you know like I really my body wants to cleanse. My mind needs to cleanse, and I'm just looking forward to, you know, taking that journey over the other side.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't had uh, you know any experience with it in the past, but um, <clears throat> you know, obviously talking to, to Aubrey about it and and uh, from my research and stuff, I, I, I feel like I don't get the butterflies because I don't know the true <laughs> depth of it. But I've on my own on my own explorations I've done in the past, I really, you know. I don't. I don't have the same kind of anxiety that some people get, but I. I do find uh, a special bit of enthusiasm. It's a real. It's a real desire to to explore. I feel like an explorer going to somewhere where you don't you know you don't know. Sometimes I yep. just trying to meditate or think. I can find parts of my brain or depths of my thought that I didn't really haven't really addressed entirely. And th- these are the these are the instances where you get those laid out in front of you um, like a map. I mean they're just clear as day, and you can explore them at will. You can go back and forth between two. You draw connections between thoughts and ideas you had 15 years ago to ones that you're gonna have in five years, and it's just a really, you know, that excites me because I, I've, I, you know, it's something that I think everybody struggles with is trying to make everything clear and, and, and easy to access in your brain. And this is, you know, I'm, I'm just super psyched to have a chance to, uh, you know, to have to have that, you know, that stuff laid out in front of me where I can really do some exploring.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I another thing that you'll learn as is, is you kind of go along this journey, if any anybody else is going to embark on this same path, is even when you're about to do it when you're preparing to do it you'll start to feel some of the changes happening yeah. i mean just the preparations yeah, that your mind and body that go through
1: it yourself i mean even just if you don't know exactly what you're doing just readying yourself once you've heard heard people speak about it and stuff it, it becomes uh it really is second nature to to people i mean it's, yeah. it's no it's no surprise that every every advanced culture has some some form of yeah, this it's
0: been a huge part of our evolution
1: um, and it really is. It's it's in there already. But as soon as you start knowing you're going down that that way, your body starts and your mind starts preparing you for uh-huh. it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's really cool.
0: All right. Well, Bodie, my brother, we're uh, we're about at that time. So we will check back in with you and uh, give a report after the first oh, plunge <laughs> <with some new laughs> to the one other side. side. Absolutely. All right. All right. two, preparing for uh, another night. we got only a few moments here because Bodhi's off to see Maestro Panduro somewhere out on the beach and uh, hopefully take a full uh, canteen, big gulp of ayahuasca this time because last night was uh, for me a very physical journey, for Bodhi a very uh, sleepy journey (laughs) as as the, uh, the ayahuasca did not create the fireworks that perhaps we were anticipating.
1: Yeah, I was, uh, I was prepared as best I thought, you know, I didn't really know what to expect, so I, I went in a pretty open mind and, and, uh, just kinda waited it out and see, see where things went, and after about an hour, uh, no, no nausea, I'd heard some people starting to throw up and stuff, and I had no, no effects whatsoever, I had, no, <laughs> no and I was doing, I was sort of into the chanting, and the, the chanting and the whistling was, I thought, uh, amazing, really cool and fun, but, um, but not so much for the, for you know anything beyond fun. You know I could we did that at my tennis camp too, <laughs> um, which was fun. But um, so I went back up and got a, a second second cup, which she hooked me right up with, and and uh and that one had had equal effect, <laughs> left left me left me equally high so. and dry. But I did it, it was it was fun to uh, to be there, and I, you know just just the you know the time of meditation kind of just and just relaxing was I thought great, but. But as far as uh, getting the real effect of it, I'm, I'm holding out for tonight.
0: Yeah, for me, you know, I, I've been with the same shaman. This was the fourth time, and a uh, very different experience. I certainly had some strong physical effects, as uh, could be attested to by the sounds yeah. coming yeah, out of the... uh yeah. <laughs> the he's, he's
1: purging, cleansing on both ends.
0: So um, for me, I feel fucking awesome today. But, you know, those, those stories, like you've all heard before... Um, you know, not too many of those from last night, uh, but we'll see about tonight. I think we're both going in separate ways. I'm sticking with the dragon. Bodie's going to be out with uh, Panduro, which just sounds like hard bread to me, and I think he's going to give him the uh, the business. So the hard bread. <laughs> that's what the, that's what you're in store for. So um, good luck, my brother. I'll probably check in with you guys here and uh, on my own here in a second, but then uh, we'll be back tomorrow to uh, account the details of the adventure that is a not that is not an ample amount of toilet paper you're bringing for what may happen
1: at Off the beach for the river <laughs> <laughs> all right adios for now i'm just going to shake it dry
0: so here I am checking in again on my own smoking a little tobacco pipe Uh, tobacco is a very symbiotic uh, plant with ayahuasca now granted the tobacco that the shaman smoke in the jungle is quite a bit different than the tobacco we get in the west it's actually a different species kind of like uh, marijuana has cannabis uh, sativa and cannabis indiga uh, which have you know Uh, dramatically different effects for the people who can tell the difference. I don't happen to be one of those people, but um, same thing with the tobacco plant. I don't know the exact species names, but regardless, it's one of the things that even on the strictest diet, or dieta, uh, which usually includes, you know, no heavy meats, no fried, no fried, no dairy, no fermented, no cheese. Cheese obviously being fermented. No alcohol. Um, is all part of the ayahuasca diet. Uh, but tobacco, on the other hand, is uh, something that you know the shamans will smoke during ceremony, and um, is not frowned upon um, if you are smoking. You know, caveat being the tobacco they're talking about are hand rolled. Uh, jungle, you know, tobacco plants that grow live right out of the jungle. So it's a much different thing than, you know, getting a pack of Marlboro Reds and just giving it hell, uh, during your ceremony. Uh, but me, I'm smoking a little pipe tobacco, um, which is, uh, you know, hopefully some kind of compromise there in the middle, not sure exactly, but (laughs) give it a go. Um, But anyways, yeah, yesterday was pretty interesting, you know, I've worked with Orlando three times and all three times have had pretty dramatic, um, you know, kind of fireworks, a lot of visions and, you know, the purging came as well, but it was always accompanied by some very intense uh, visuals and that just didn't come yesterday. And uh, drank a full cup. Uh, admittedly, the cup tasted a little bit less thick and and fiery, as, uh, as I recalled it. But, you know, that isn't to say that it um, it shouldn't have had the effect. So, you have really two options here. One option is, you know, I've... I've been in pretty serious need of a cleanse Um, I just haven't felt healthy I've been uh, spending some time in Las Vegas I've had some emotional you know turbulence at the the breakup of my uh, myself and my fiance and some you know family issues and some other things that have all kind of weighed on me this year and haven't really had a lot of opportunity to unpack that so that creates some kind of toxic environment in you, as well as of course um you know what comes with Vegas, which is you know late nights and a lot of drinking and strip clubs and you know the whole <laughs> the whole charade that uh that happens when you're out there um you know really kind of dropping me at a point where i needed a physical cleanse and that's exactly what i got i mean i uh, i was nauseous the whole time um it kind of relented around hour two picked right back up as soon as we packed up our stuff and i just hit the room hit the cabin here and uh, and let it rip i mean it was it was savage uh, what i was doing to the toilet there um but uh You know, and then today I feel the best I've felt in weeks. You know, got a good swim in, eating really clean food here in the jungle. Um, We went on a little uh, 4K jungle run out to this lake and and uh that was really nice so you know i'm feeling great but i'm i'm uh i'm hoping that you know some of the fireworks come and you know even you know man i'd love to get back to that place i got to last time that they call you know the eighth dimension that place where everything in my life is completely lucidly clear and i can see you know it's just real magic when you reach that level but at this point after last night which you know i can't help but feel a bit like it was uh Something of a dud, um, you know. I'm hoping to at least get back to a, a very visual place where I can, you know, take back some lessons and some teachings from the visions themselves. But um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust in the medicine and trust in the shaman and uh, and hope that the uh, the ayahuasca, you know, gives me tonight what I need. And, uh, you know, certainly if I am being impartial, you know, what I needed last night more than the visions was a a physical uh, purge and a physical improvement, and I certainly got that. So um, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, Bodhi's experience out on the beach, um, I think he was getting a lot more physical uh, effects than he than he realized as well, but hopefully out on the beach he starts to get some of the magic that can come with ayahuasca. Um, the other the other you know possibility that I have to be open to is just that the for whatever reason the crop of leaves or vine that was used in the preparation um, was just not as active as uh, it was last year, and that can certainly happen. I mean this is not. These are not farm-raised, you know, farm-grown uh, crops. These are harvested, wild harvested from the jungle. And the variance in them can be extreme. So, you know, it's one of the risks uh, with working with the natural plants. But, um, you know, these these uh, these guys really know what they're doing. And it was a pretty spectacular ceremony put on by Maestro Orlando the Dragon yesterday. So that was very enjoyable, and, and, uh, man, I do feel fucking great today, so, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have no personal regrets, I just hope that, it, uh, you know, brings out some, uh, brings out some of the magic that, uh, that I experienced last time, so, I will check in with you guys tomorrow and so Bodhi, and, uh, hopefully we'll have some more to report here from the, uh, here from the jungle on the Madre de Dios in, uh, in Peru. Adios on day two. had a uh, more successful evening the previous evening. Um, I certainly had a pretty powerful experience. Uh, Bodhi hopped off and went to the beach with, uh, with Mr. Hardbread himself. So Bodhi, uh, why don't you start with how uh, how your experience kinda kind of went out there under the stars, taking some ayahuasca with Panduro.
1: Yeah, Panduro is just a totally different uh, different vibe. He's one of the shaman who, who taught himself. He, he went out in the jungle and and did his own, his own initiation process. It took him a a few years actually out in the jungle by himself, just doing ayahuasca and trying to get in touch with this, this, whatever it is, the spirits or however it is that they, that they do it. He kind of described it to us yesterday, but it sounded, um, you know, a little bit, a little bit convoluted, at least in my mind, but he, he definitely runs a, a different program than Orlando does. Um, and the music, I would say, was a big distraction for me. His singing and, and his whistling was, was just much harder for me to, for me to process. But but the actual experience overall was was pretty much the reason I came down here. At least at least to a large degree, I definitely um, had to do more of the work. I think that was one of the one of the kind of breakthroughs. I, I hadn't ever experienced ayahuasca before, obviously, and and uh, to to recognize, you know, in the past, anytime I did something, it was me just sort of directing the thought and channeling things where I wanted them to go. Um, and in this case, it definitely requires more legwork on your part. You really have to, as if you're just sitting alone in your room at home, thinking through a, you know, a couple problems or, or what direction you want your life to go in, and, and that kind of thing. Um, and then once you, once you commit the energy and the time and start really revealing, revealing yourself to yourself, uh, it seems like the ayahuasca kind of kind of steps in there and and gives you some direction and and can help point things in one way or another that maybe you wouldn't be able to think of really on your own. So that was that was kind of a big breakthrough because I haven't really had any any situation like that where I was so determined to figure stuff out and 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 you know had to do the legwork on my own without without really knowing which direction it was going to go. So that was. It was cool. It was just uh, super distracting with all the people down there. It was really I spent most of the time laughing hysterically um, <laughs> at the different people, you know just crapping their brains out all, all over on the beach and, and puking and stuff. I mean that was, that was definitely uh, definitely pretty good comedy. but uh, overall, I would say it was, a, it was a real big success and we're gonna go for it again tonight with Orlando and hopefully bring that lesson in there and let him sort of hopefully shape shape the, the direction of things a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know, the first experience I had was pretty intensely strong with the visuals. Um, you know, that was that was last year, and uh, and you know, you, you tend to you tend to forget that you know any kind of DMT experience like this, uh, ayahuasca. Sometimes it's pretty ephemeral. You know, it'll come and go to you, and it'll slip in and out. and I think the, the idea of doing the work yourself is an important idea. It reminds me of what actually the Aboga shaman um, told me right before I went under. I, I, wasn't, I didn't feel like I was feeling the effects at first. They just hadn't at that point they hadn't actually happened to kick in. And he kept asking me these to visualize things and see things. And finally, I got there, but just totally just kind of imagining it with my mind and like making it happen. And he said, you know, that's the lesson I wanted to teach you, that you don't need a boga to get the truth of your answers, you know. Um, But, you know, obviously, certainly when you have it, uh, it's a great ally there as well. But I think part of the teaching was just the process. So whether it's a boga or ayahuasca, it's the same thing. You know, you can push your mind to find the depth and, you know, see the other perspectives, see, you know, see around the walls that look impermeable, but then from a slight angle, you realize that they're, you know, a, a different obstacle that you can certainly pass. So I think that's definitely one of the lessons uh, of ayahuasca and, and anything really.
1: It was definitely a little bit, um, a little bit of a, a revisiting for me of, of some of the concepts. I'm a, I'm a real talker. I like talking to my friends about issues and, and I talk, you know, I, I do a lot of um, introspection, just sort of talking to myself, um, whether it's in my head or out loud or writing, just trying to figure out, uh, you know, trying to work through problems. Or you know, it seems to really help me to verbalize things. Um, but again, I'm always confronted by the by the uh, the challenge of a lot of the more complex issues or more important issues that I face or that people face in general just don't really fit into words very well. A lot of them are are very emotion based or the the concepts are so um, broad that by the time you get halfway through trying to describe the, the thing, um, you know, the person who's listening or, or even yourself, you get so distracted by by little ancillary things and, or by past experiences that link onto those, it's hard to keep a, a, a complete thought long enough to get the whole picture out without, without sort of having it dissolve in front of your face. And I think, um, it's sort of revisited how, how important or why the visions or why the, the assistance of some of these, some of these, um, you know some of these medicines are, are so helpful is that you get whole concepts and whole ideas in in, in vision in, in in pictures that um, you know they say a picture can paint a thousand words and this is more like a uh, hundred thousand words I mean you're, mm-hmm. you're getting moving motion pictures of, of scenarios and circumstances that can lay out concepts that are critical for, for you to learn or for you to figure out um, in ways that are totally easy to absorb and, and and uh, extrapolate whatever information you need from without any of the of the you know hazards of trying to put you know really complex emotional debacles into words so um, you know, it was fun for me to kind of revisit that because I, I get a lot of that of, like, why, why don't you just think of it or why can't you just do it with talking or why can't, you know, that is the real, the real hurdle for us is we are very verbal and, you know, each person has their own experiences. So to try to communicate ideas or to try to process an idea so it's fully developed and you really have a good handle on it to the point where it gives you confidence and so you can live by it, um, you know, sometimes these visions, they, they really can make a huge Impact and once you have ownership of it, it lasts for the rest of your life, and it can yeah. you can use it to shape everything from that point on. But um, you know, sometimes that picture really is is a thousand words.
0: Yeah, there's there's so many things. We're funny creatures. There's so many things that we know, you know, that we that we really do know on a just a simply cognitive level. You know how we should live, what we should do, what our issues are. But until you actually kind of see it laid out for you and feel it in every cell, which is what you know, these medicines can do. They can make you believe it 100% in every bone and every fiber of your body. You won't really be able to put those into practice and you won't be able to really can, apply that. Or if you can, it's just
1: a matter of discipline rather than a matter of course. You know, like yeah. you can you can force yourself to a few, but it's never natural.
0: Well, some know? people can. Right, but right. Some, some
1: people can. And, and yeah. everyone can into one degree or another with one little thing or another, but some of them more. Um, demanding and complex issues uh, people just slip way too easy and you know if you can if you can see it in front of you yeah it becomes a part of how you are and it becomes you know it elevates your your sort of mind to a different place and then you you know it becomes a completely natural process of how to live and how to do do different things and how to act and how to treat people and that's you know that's a obviously a a huge leap that you can make all in one sort of one step, which I think is, is yeah, uh, you know, very that's, that's the whole, yeah, that's the value of it. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, for me, there was some ideas that I learned that I, I'm certain will stick with me for the rest of my life, and they weren't necessarily things that I couldn't have cognitively or philosophically thought about, but um, it, it, I was somehow kind of blind to them, and how I was taught them last night um, was a kind of a visitation by, you know, three different, like, animal beings i guess you could say and, and the first one was a huge you know huge blue and green dragon that was made of like light and energy and I, it was kind of like ghost-like and it came right in front of me and in a booming voice it says um you know it started challenging me and challenging some fundamental beliefs that i would just say out of rote you know just be like oh yeah this is this is what i believe but it started challenging those kind of concepts and principles about myself and in doing so uh, showed me some really you know valuable insight that i'll i'll certainly be able to take and an insight too that's you know it was it was kind of double-edged you know i i got it and i realized like oh shit you know this changes how i view my actions that you know the things that i've been doing and it's not in a way where you want to you know punish yourself but you know you have to come to terms with the fact that you haven't quite lived up to um what the best person you could be is and yeah, that's what, that's what not you, easy I you
1: think you're established standards where it's a very humbling experience because and that's why i think the, the sort of the crux of this experience down here is for most people is um you know to show them to show them who they really are to take a hard look in the mirror and you know your subconscious again like you know you said that it was the dragon that, that told you that and that's that's probably one of your most powerful you know sort of internal um, mechanisms it, it mm-hmm. represents how you know how strong and how powerful you, you view yourself and all the, the proud parts and all the really knowledgeable and you know all, those are and, and for that part of you to be chosen to, to speak those things, it's your subconscious really, you know, obviously it's, it's producing all that and it's asking mm-hmm. you the very difficult questions that without maybe coming from that side of your perspective, you know, or your personality, maybe you wouldn't have answered the questions as, as honestly. You know, maybe you would have said, yeah, of course I like to do everything, you know, I, I like to be a good person and blah, blah. blah. And, and you wouldn't have dug a little bit deeper, but coming sure. from that side of your subconscious in dragon form. Uh, you felt like it deserved, you know, it, it demanded really more than deserved. It demanded the, the honest answer. And that's when you have to, you know, you have to look at yourself yeah. a little bit extra hard. And that's, <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: yeah. yeah, when you're staring at the face of a snarling dragon that's mm-hmm. eight times the size of you and it's looking at you with a mean look, it's uh, it's a little harder. You give it the straight you, answer. Yeah, you give, it, you give it the full honest answer, you know, you completely expose expose absolutely what you feel and i think that was important now of course you know the the shamans there's a lot of people who will argue that the dragon itself is a real being uh but you know i think uh, to hedge to hedge our bets i think the uh the Bodhi's idea of it being part of the subconscious is probably uh the most likely but you know some crazy stuff happens you know it certainly didn't feel like me it didn't seem like me it seemed like he had his own agenda like he was his own person but i could see very easily how and, and probably most likely, how that was a manifestation of uh, some aspect of, of myself.
1: And again, you know, the, they, they talk a little bit about the collective consciousness down here, and, and the link between everybody else. And when you, when you have, um, you know, when you have uh, shamans around directing uh, the ceremony and stuff, they really can, you know, they're they're putting out a bunch of energy, whether that's um... you know through the the previous talks they've had about the different spirit animals that they that they envision for different aspects of life or different aspects of their personality you know they do plant the seeds and you know how mm-hmm. subconscious people are and there's there's just you know if people are looking for information or they're looking for a, a feeling you know obviously that the things that are planted in there, their subconscious things are the ones that tend to leap out that's just you know that's just the way it is but also combine that with a collective consciousness of people who are all in a very uh, visually hallucinogenic state, and uh, and you have people's nightmares, you have people's um, you know worst fears, which you know in the case of Aubrey and myself, you know. I, I don't really feel any fear when I'm when I'm in those states, yeah, no matter sure. how vicious Likewise. the thing in my <laughs> thing, in my face is. Sometimes it can stimulate a, a different response, maybe like it did with him, where it was maybe a little bit more honest answer than if it was coming from a little butterfly that landed on your arm. <laughs> but but at the same time, there's no fear for me, and I think you know part of the manifestation of some of these visions certainly can come from the people that are around you because we are in big groups, and and a lot of the people you can really hear are suffering and are going through. Uh, very traumatic, kind of nightmarish things, and uh, and you know they come out in the end and feel very um, enlightened and relieved, and and um, you know and and they feel like they they can regain some purpose through that. But you know I think it is a bit of a different experience for Arby and myself. Yeah, I
0: mean this is now now especially. I mean uh, uh, the very first experience here in Peru, I mean, it wasn't didn't really draw up a, a sense of fear, but it was certainly nightmarish. I mean I had bugs crawling in my skin and exploding. I had snakes eating me organ by organ from the inside out. I was sliding down vines of spikes naked. It was like it was like the worst shit I could think of, but it was really trying to teach me to you know accept my death and the, la- the lack of importance of the physical body that we have. I mean, it was basically just destroying that and saying, Hey, you know, see, this really isn't that important after all. You know, all of this, all of this body that you're so concerned about—it's, you know, it's nice to have, but, you know, let's destroy that, kill it, get rid of it, and uh, and get you to uh, to move past it. So, um, you know, but again, the attitude—if you try and resist that and fight it—that's when it becomes a bad experience. You know, you're trying to hold on and make it not so. You want the
1: ayahuasca to stop. You want yeah. the visions or, to yeah, stop. Or if you just, that's even, when even it makes it hurt. Even if you just, just let your fears you know, really take control, you know, in that sense, you, you kind of gotta, there's a part of you that has to sort of be above it, you know, because it, again, it's, I think it has to do with letting go of your fears, I, I mean, letting go of your fear of death, which is the yep. end, end result fear, because pain and things like that are are obviously existent for everyone, everybody fears pain to a certain degree, but mm-hmm. um, but the real fear at the end of the tunnel is, is death, and that's, you know, when you're, when you're confronted with dragons or with lions or bears or snakes or you know, the ending, the end result of all that would be, would be death. And as soon as you get past that fear, all of a sudden it's kind of like, let things happen. And you, you, then all of a sudden your, your visions and stuff like that can become more instructive and more like, you know, you're kind of there as a bystander, as opposed to like some victim of like, all these horrible nightmares and horrible circumstances and you you really see people who just can't get that separation even though you know they're so fearful all the time and and these these terrible um you know visions they they really do contain potential death for them and that's you know that's scary and and I think that's one of the lessons that they try to teach down here is to is is overcoming that fear of death and allowing yourself to sort of learn from the visions without just uh, you know being so freaked out that you're just trying to escape all the time because that really is a no it's a no win situation. Yeah, exactly. Plus, exactly. I I got enough done last night down on the beach that I. Was able to to execute a strategically perfect game of chess today, so I, I feel like that was <laughs> like that was definitely a, yeah, another deb- breakthrough. It did,
0: it did turn your chess game around. <laughs> I think I might have might be losing two games in one day, which is not a good
1: place to be at. But uh, that's that's right. Somebody had to win game three, right? So uh, we are uh, we're off to do uh, our third session. We we sort of haphazardly found out that tonight's going to be the last night we'll be able to do a, a ceremony. So. Um, you know, this is going to be the kind of closer deal. I'm sort of excited just because I think I learned more about the process last night. So I, I'm going to know a little bit more how to go deeper tonight. Whereas the first night, I think I just kind of blew it just because I didn't know what the, what the experience was and, and how much work I had to do. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that. We're going back with Orlando, so I'm psyched to see the dragon tonight. I'm going I'm to uh, try yeah. to steal the bottle and chug the <laughs> whole thing.
0: Well, we'll get after it and uh, report to you guys tomorrow. Later. Um, down here close to the banks, actually on the banks of the Madre de Dios River, the moon in the sky, a Southern Cross right in front of my head. Um, it's been a, been a very interesting and trip, you know, and a lot different than uh, the last trip I took down here, um, you know, different messages, different intensities, um, I can't help but wonder if the uh if the brew had changed a little bit. I think it might have been a little too much to handle for uh for this group. So I think they might have dialed it back. I mean there was uh <laughs> there was a lot of people who were cracking in the ceremonies last time and this time there was a lot more people who didn't feel very much at all, um, including my good friend Bodhi. Um, who had a nice experience out here in the jungle but you know none of the fireworks that ayahuasca has the potential to bring um, but you know I'm I'm very happy that uh, that I made the journey I certainly got a lot out of it my third session I got um, quite uh, tranquilo as they say drunk on the ayahuasca I was feeling it really strong but you know there wasn't any um, The visions that came the night before, you know, the dragon and the bear and the eagle and talking to me and opening this dialogue, that was, it was much different yesterday. Yesterday, it was like I was just resting on the ground floor of some ancient jungle, you know, I mean, like this jungle, but more primeval more pristine and just kind of became a part of the earth and the whole hut that i was in melted away Um, everything else melted away i could still hear the songs of the shaman but that was really the only thing um, that could kind of pierce the consciousness of of where i was and i was just sleeping on basically the the belly of the earth and um, it was a really cool grounding experience and i feel more alive and more like myself today than, uh, than I have in a long time. Um, you know, I mean, to close the ceremony too, uh, you know, I've gotten to be pretty close with Maestro Orlando and, uh, he usually purifies everybody with, uh, some cinnamon at the end that he, um, that he blows on different parts of your, um, on your hands and on your head. And, uh, and as to kind of close the ritual. But for me, he took one of the uh, the black tobacco cigarettes, which are used for cleansing. Uh, they hand roll them out here. It's a different type of tobacco. I think I mentioned that already. And um, went through a very kind of detailed process of kind of pushing the smoke into different parts um, different parts of me and kind of working i don't know exactly what he was doing but the end result was i got back to the room and uh i mean i was fucking purging stuff from ninth grade like i don't know what the hell was going on at some point i was puking so hard and coughing and like it felt like i was moving like a like a tennis ball worth of shit out of my like heaving it from like I don't know somewhere deep in my spine, and uh it came out and when it came to my mouth, it just exploded, and I was vomiting out of my nose and mouth, and at the same time trying you know just firing away like a fire hose full of diarrhea into the toilet. I mean it was quite a spectacle um you know, so it was just incredibly powerful cleanse and purge and then i uh, you know i woke up this morning and i was walking and i saw him in the hallway and um and he had kind of a a, a bit of a shit-eating grin on his face a big smile and he he asked me how um how things went last night and i said uh you know a a big cleanse um you know mucho limpia or whatever broken spanish that i could come up with and uh and he started laughing because and he says uh just said tobacco you know basically letting me know that that's what he was uh doing for me in the special program so you know there's really a lot of medicinal properties to to this, me- to this plant, and I think that's why they call it, you know, medicine, and uh, they call ayahuasca Dr. Ayahuasca, um, because physically I've, I've really, I feel like I've gone on a, you know, 20-day detox program or something, it's just, uh, remarkable the effects that you can feel in a couple days of eating clean and, and taking the ayahuasca every night, um, And, you know, some really powerful lessons, too, and some great experiences. Um, Obviously, you know, some part of me wanted to go back to the eighth dimension. You know, that place that I was last time that was just pure magic. Um, You know, I don't know if I'll ever be able to get there again. It seemed like maybe it was a gift that that came once. You know, I'll I'll certainly, um, you know, throughout my years, I'll come back and, give it a try, but I don't know, judging by this experience, you know, I wasn't even really that close to getting to that level, but as I said, I think the brew was not quite as strong either, Uh, so, you know, it's hard to, hard to say exactly, Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been, you know, another, another powerful experience, I think this is, um, one of the messages I got last night was to, Um, was that, you know, perhaps my time, um, you know, the time for me to keep seeking these answers and keep exploring the psychedelic realms. Um, you know, I've done enough of that for now and it's time to start. You know, sharing my experiences, uh, sharing them with others, getting more people involved and, you know, doing my best to uh, make a positive impact on the world, which is really uh, what I want to do more than anything. And um, that was kind of the message, you know, it was, you know, basically saying, uh, you know, get out there and, and kick some ass is uh, is kind of kind of the idea, so um that's the uh that's the the main thrust of the report here from the jungle it's been uh it's been a very good time um I think, uh, and then from here, you know, we're gonna make some make some adjustments, I'm gonna try and arrange some situations that make it easier to, uh, to come down here and work with Maestro Orlando. I think um, working with him directly is gonna result in the most powerful experiences. I think he might have been limited by the group that I was uh, going with down here, so I'm gonna be working on that. Um, you know, I'll make that easily, readily available. How to get in touch with him, and then hopefully also, um, maybe even set up some seminars and stuff to come down here and do it, because uh, you know the medicine has real magic and and real healing properties as well. Uh, but I think you know ultimately ayahuasca is a piece to the puzzle and you know we're in a a day and age and a time where technology and and the world well basically the world's gotten smaller and you know we have access to things like you know iboga from africa and ayahuasca from south america and You know, the mushrooms from North America. And, you know, I think there's a place in peyote, of course, and and all the other medicines. There's so many medicines around, and each has their intrinsic value. And, uh, you know, I think ayahuasca is definitely the most physically healing and the most grounding. I mean, there's nothing... Nothing I've done that makes you feel more like yourself, you know, when you're finished than ayahuasca, like your real true self. uh, Stripping away all the bullshit, all the ego, all the fear, and just brings out you at the very fundamental level and uh, nothing else can do that um if you're looking for straight up answers you know you're looking to solve problems and get every answer you have answered Boga, like hands fucking down you know i mean there are some answers here that i was looking for that just didn't come um no guidance on it, you know. The, the The ayahuasca has kind of a a bit of a mind of its own, you know. It's not the easiest thing to control and and um, and force to to yield the answers that you're looking for. Um, it usually does, but it won't get everything. But a boga, on the other hand, you know, you have a list of questions, you're getting a list of answers, and it's a different different ball game, um, you know. And every as I said, everything has its value, so. You know, hopefully, um, you know, you, all you guys can reach out to me, and uh, if you have any questions about anything, I'm, I'm certainly, you know, know that part of my calling is to be a, a bit of a guide. You know, someone who's gone out there and, and, you know. Done, done as much as I can and uh, shared it as honestly as I could and um, you know, hopefully there will be some benefit because I think in the time and the, and the age that we live which is so ungrounded and so challenging um, you know going back to the old medicines that connect you with the earth connect you with spirit and give you answers to your complicated increasingly complicated lives are more valuable than ever And, um, you know, who knows what this whole 2012 thing is about. But I do know that when enough people believe something, then it becomes real. And, um, you know, enough people believe that 2012 is a time of change and is a shift and because enough people believe it uh, it will be and you know i think we need to pay heed to that and uh, and do our best to be to be leaders when times are confusing and things are challenging so that's it checking out Warrior poet Aubrey marcus from the jungle um and uh, I will be back back online and in the saddle on uh, July 2nd or so. And that's uh, hopefully not too, not too long after that is when uh, this will be released. So, all the best. Much love. Later.
2: I was fast, so I was so proud of you, my darling.
0: Oh 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 All right here we are with the postscript to the ayahuasca journey down in Peru, um, you know it was funny. I was having a, a lunch yesterday with uh, with Mitch Schultz of DMT, the Spirit Molecule, and uh, you know as soon as I told him I just got back from Peru, he he kind of got a smile on his face and he said, um, "So uh, how's reintegration going?" And you know I smiled as well, and you know it's because it's always a challenge. And uh, for those of us who've you know been over to the other side a few times we realize that this is one of the most challenging aspects of doing any kind of journey is bringing that kind of higher frequency, that higher consciousness, the higher um, state of being that you attain when you're out on one of these journeys, and integrating that with your normal day-to-day life. Um, you know, the emails pile up, the phone calls, the demands, the traffic, everything. The the just the general pace and aggravation of our normal lives is not very conducive to maintaining. Um, you know, all of the gains that you made on your spiritual journey. So of course, you know, myself, no exception to this. It's been, um, you know, been a challenge as it always is. Um, you know, I'm completely out of communication for five days and you come back and you got a a little mini mountain that you got to work through. And, um, you know, there's some ways that you can help, help yourself, uh, kind of keep that great grounded feeling and, and, uh, the kind of positive energy that that you've had. I mean, certainly that's where meditation comes in. Um, A lot of the shamans recommend spending some time by a fire. Uh, There's certainly a kind of mesmerizing and meditative aspect to being around a fire in the first place. Um, And then you know, also doing your best to keep a clean diet when you return as well. So you're not bombarding yourself physically with things that are going to kind of detract from the state that you've been in. Uh, so I've been, you know, doing my best to try those things as well. Um, but really, you know, um, it was a pretty remarkable trip out there to out there to Peru, and and definitely the things that I learned will certainly stay with me. You know, I mean, the messages from. From the dragon, the messages from the bear, the messages from the eagle, which, you know, I'll get to talk in, in more detail on the Joe Rogan experience. I don't want to spoil the whole story before I head out there and talk to Joe. Uh, but you know, those messages will never leave me. Um, you know, the kind of physical cleanse I felt. Um, you know, I'm. Rapidly eroding that with uh, Fourth of July cheeseburgers <laughs> and and shit like that, but you know, still, nonetheless, um, there's a certain level of kind of health and and um, uh, just a feeling of being cleansed that was pretty fantastic, and will stay with me as well. But you know, it is a challenge to keep that kind of consciousness going and that that real sense of being grounded that you attain when you're out there. Uh, there was another, you know, another kind of thought I had, and that's regarding ayahuasca in general. You know, since this was the first journey I did after my Iboga journey, it really helped kind of clarify the differences for me in between the two, uh, between ayahuasca and Iboga. Um, You know, uh, this ayahuasca trip in particular left me with a lot of questions that were unanswered, um, things that I was seeking that I never got to find a concrete answer for. I mean, I would get these visions and these visions were like riddles. Um, a lot of times, I mean, uh, for example, I mean, one of these times I was having this vision of taking this long Viking rowing ship and I was rowing with all of these what I don't know, Viking type people, and we were rowing on the ocean, and there was a moon ahead. And all of a sudden, we peeled out out of the ocean and started heading straight towards the moon. And you know, we we're going faster and further towards the moon. And I was getting bathed in this blue light, and it felt amazing. Um, and then this purple orb comes floating down from the moon, and it's floating towards me as we're rowing through the air in some kind of airship. Um, and the orb goes right in front of my face, and I open my mouth, and I swallow it <laughs> and um, It seemed incredibly significant at the time. I was like, "Whoa, I swallowed the orb, yes, you know, like it was some some video game you know some some modern pac man but you know what the hell does that mean you know i, I don 't really know I mean I, I think it maybe had something to do with taking in the feminine energy of the moon, but um, shit who knows you know and and so you get a lot of things like that that you're left just wondering like what the hell was that <laughs> you know and uh, with the boga you don't get that the boga just tells you straight up in your own words you know what what it wants to tell you you know there's no mystery there there's no confusion it's just you know this is what's up this is the truth you know and uh, here you go <laughs> But at the same time, a boga leaves you feeling like, you know, you've just done a three-day bender in Vegas. I mean, you feel like shit. Um, You're kind of wired up. Your serotonin levels are whack because you haven't slept in days. Your your mind has gone through an incredibly positive transformation, and that kind of permeates your body. But you don't feel good at all. Whereas with ayahuasca... You come back from that feeling like a million bucks, you know. I mean, you feel like I felt, you know, just cleansed and healthy, and uh, really some of the best I've ever felt. So, you know, there's certainly pros and cons to, um, to to both both medicines. You know, I would say that if you have a lot of content and a lot of questions that you need answered and you need concrete answers, and you're prone to um, confusing thoughts, you know, Iboga is the way to go, for sure. If you feel you know off center and want to expand your consciousness and feel grounded and reconnect with uh, with spirit and reconnect with the earth, ayahuasca is the one for you. So, both are incredibly valuable tools and incredibly valuable medicines. And um, you know, I feel very grateful and blessed that I've uh, had the opportunity to experience both and and a second opportunity to go down to Peru and and make that happen. Um, you know, in the in the meantime, I'll be. Uh, you know, looking uh, one of my one of my next projects. I'm going to be looking at is some of the some of the legal entheogens that are available. Um, I'm going to be kind of exploring those, and I'll give you guys a heads up if I find anything that, um, you know, that really makes sense and can help help people get there without breaking the law. Of course, that's the optimal way to do it, um, and you know, it's sometimes challenging to get to get these substances. Um, here in the states, and it's certainly very cost prohibitive to have to travel down to South America or Central America uh, to do them as well. So, hopefully, we'll find some you know intermediary solutions for you guys as well. So that's going to be one of my big projects coming up. But uh, so yeah, I got the um, I have Mitch Schultz coming on next. He should be uh, should be a podcast on next Wednesday. And uh, that is Wednesday the 11th, I believe. And then from there, I go on the Joe Rogan Experience on the 16th. And I will tell the full tale of the ayahuasca journey, including all the visions and my discussions with the bear, the dragon, and the eagle. So thanks for listening, everybody. Much love, and I will be in touch with you soon. Hit me up if you have any questions or any comments or anything. I love hearing from you guys. Adios. (sighs)
2: Oh <sighs>